It's your boy, Jackie Demics. Uh, welcome to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. Yup, this is the last episode from the crib. Quarantine is going to be over, at least for us. We're getting back in the studio next week, man. Like, listen, I like this, but this is kind of like stream. And even though I gotta, I'm going to uh, bring this setup where I could kind of like interact with like assets and react to videos, especially for my solo podcast. But this is going to be primarily done at the studio. That's the whole point. All right. Got a nice ass studio for off the record. I want to be using it now. This whole little quarantine period, um, I think it's been dope. But one thing I also miss is having guests, and um, we're gonna have some guests next week. I have a slate of uh, guests planned to pop up, and I have some really big surprise moments for you guys. So definitely tune in. Now, also shout out to people who have been voting the polls. If you watch this on Spotify, if you scroll down a little bit. Uh, on most of the episodes, I've been like throwing some polls to ask y'all like what y'all think about whatever, right? And y'all have been participating. Thank y'all for that. And yeah, I think that's pretty much the rest of the, all the housekeeping, right? Yeah, I got some polls. This and third, yeah. Now I do want to say I got a question for y'all. This ain't gonna be the poll. I got a question for y'all. Do I gotta pick a side in this NBA young boy and little Dirk beef? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you facetiously because I really don't need your opinion. I ain't picking a side. However, this is what I keep hearing. Act, yo, pick a side. Now, you want me to tell you who I'm hearing it from? I'm hearing it from fans, okay? There are these 15-year-old kids who think they have signed up for war. Like, they think they're in the 4K trade army, okay? And by spamming YB better... They have now just shot up the block, okay? We have these guys who think that they're in the OTF, O-Block gang as well. And they think by, like, just spamming a little Dirk lyric that they have now spent on their ops. Listen, fans be fans. When fans are telling other people to pick a side, listen, this is fucking music, okay? And I listen to what's hot. And I'm going to be honest with you. These two artists make some of the hottest music. Lil Durk and Youngboy are one of my top five artists of 2021. What the fuck are you telling me that I should be picking a side? Now, clearly, this whole pick a side thing kind of comes from and is derived. And, you know, 21 Savage broke it down on this podcast, right? He said, yo, when certain situation in the streets get to the point of bloodshed, somebody loses their life. If you're also in the streets... You can't be hanging with both of them, okay? You got to pick a side or you got to stay the fuck out the way. Now, that actually made sense, right? Clearly, if two people are really at odds and you're in that type of arena where you're a street nigga and you, and by the way, it also applies to rap too. You know why? All of these rappers, like, like, like really, reason with me. All of these rappers, you know, they describe their relationship with another rapper as not as associates, not as, oh, you know what I mean? I do a song from time to time. They call each other, that's my brother. They be acting like they grew up with these things their whole life. To keep it real, they never see each other unless they're, uh, uh, like, uh, unless they're like at the same show together or they're in a studio together. However, they act like they have this lifetime bond. That's my brother. You ever heard these rappers describe each, like their relationship with someone? That's twin of them. Like, huh? Wait, you did one song with a nigga? That's your twin? Like, this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? So these rappers basically link up 
and form cliques, really. And, and it's all about like, you know, it's like a bunch of birds, right? Or like a flock of animals who all bunch together when it's cold to stay warm. Rappers do the same. When one rapper is hot, everybody want to be around them. But what's happening recently, a bunch of rappers who are all hot, they want to stay among the other hot rappers. Anybody who kind of starts getting ice cold gets kicked out of the group. There's mad examples of this. Mad examples of this, okay? Like, I could name you like three rappers. Three damn rappers who um, they used to be hanging with the hot or popular clique of rappers. They used to be like, oh, that's my brother. You know, I'll do anything for him. You know what I mean? They're like inheriting their beefs. They're doing all type of shit, right? So, like, in reality, y'all are all businessmen. Like, y'all shouldn't be inherited. Like, I get it, y'all are street dudes, but it's not like you know all the issues this other guy got. You should just stay your own lane. However, to make it seem that y'all are more than just business associates, everybody keeps saying to each other, that's my brother, that's this. So when you say that and that person has a real issue where somebody has died, yeah, you look fake by, by being in the middle, right? But if you're not calling these rappers your brother, if you ain't, like, in these fake relationships acting like, yo, these dudes are your mans to that extent, you should be allowed to do whatever that makes your career go up, which means doing a song with either or. As long as the song ain't dissing the other person, you should be able to work with who you want to work with. When did music and all this, like, high school, like, high school musical stuff, like, with all the drama, it's like it's like cheerleading drama in high school. It's like, oh, we're the popular clique. You can't be with them. If you're with them, you can't be with us. It's weird, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. Now, fans getting a part of that, dumbest shit I've ever seen. I don't know why fans actually think they're part of actual beef. And this is why, you know, I usually get disgusted when, you know, real street stuff or things happen in the streets spill into music. Because in reality, fans' interpretation of shit is always skewed. You know what I mean? Like, they're really playing a popularity contest because they like people's music. But then they're acting like they're having some street situations with it. Like, for example, right? What went down with Quando Rondo and, and King Von? If if King Von is surviving, Quando had died, and it was said that maybe one of King Von's mans killed Quando, King Von would be the biggest street rapper since Tupac. That's a fact. Or, or since 50. Let me just say that. Since 50. Clearly. His, the, the legend and myth of King Von would just be like, oh, my God. Like, fans are so gullible. And by the way, I mean, to a certain extent, sometimes this could be true, right? But fans buy into a perception, and then they basically just hope to see. They turn rappers into supermen. That's it. So, again, if that situation had played out differently, like, the majority of fans, because Quando isn't as popular, the majority of fans would be like, great. The rapper we like, he just proved again he's Superman. Now, those same fans, while listening to, to um, King Von's music, where King Von is telling you how he deals with shit, blah, 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 this and third, those same fans won't even have a realization moment to say, yo, that is such a fucked up situation that Von died. But in reality, like, um, the guys who he got into it with, 
they did what Von Von was probably preaching that his guys would have done for him. You just don't like the outcome because, again, your favorite rapper is your street superhero. The whole point is this. Fans don't uphold whatever they claim is going on in in the streets or whatever. They just like rappers. And this is the exact reason why I'm I'm saying the the, the, the fans who are trying to say, act, you should pick a side. Because, for example, you know why they told me that? Because I posted a young boy song. Let me play the song. So I posted the song, right? It, it's 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 called Bring the Hook by Young Boy. He just dropped it. But there's a couple lines on it where he's pretty much talking about Dirk, right? So I did post this, and I was like, damn, hell of people reacting to this. Now, the people who like Dirk, they did not like that I posted this. Then they didn't like my reaction to it. Um, I- I'll play the song. This is what he said. All right, all right, all right. So basically, he says, nigga, this that squid game. O-Block pack get rolled up. Um, Atlanta boy get folded up. If you don't know, King Von got killed in Atlanta. King Von is from O-Block. It's a pretty direct diss towards King Von, which obviously King Von is, like, not the fake rapper relationship shit. King Von and Dirk were really homies, right? Really homies. They came from Chicago. Um, um, Dirk put Von on so you could see why Dirk, you know what I mean, is going to feel some type of way, right? However, fans was like, yo, okay, whatever, whatever. So anyway, I, I ended up posting. And by the way, you know, for some people who, who say this, I don't believe this is instigating. Like, these are two top rappers who are making songs about it. You know, instigating is like saying, yo, yo, these people just did this, that, and it's not a public story. Like, these rappers, this is just already going on. These these two are big rappers. You get what I mean? Like, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't as a medium. If I if I cover the song, which clearly contains a diss, clearly, and this is why I've always had this conversation with people who are saying, yo, act, yo, you, you should stay out of this shit. Like, they're putting the street or the threats or the disses in the music. You know why they're putting that in the music? You know why young boy is rapping about that? Young boy knows he's going to get extra attention, extra clicks. He knows he's going to get a little bit more talked about. Not that he needs it. He's so clouded. But these rappers know that, right? So then you cover the song, right? It clearly has his diss. Everybody's talking about this now, right? Then people from the other side, they have a response. Here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. You damn it if you do and damn it if you don't. If I'm like, well, I'm not going to post what Lil Durk posted on on uh, his Instagram, right? Responding pretty much to the song. If I don't post it, you know what they say? Oh, you picked a side. Okay, so, you, so you're not going to post what Dirk said, but you posted what, what, what uh, um, Youngboy said? Well, I cover music. One dropped a song. The other didn't drop a song. So now you're caught. And by the way, here's the thing. They're huge rappers with huge platforms. It's not like I'm giving them exposure. So now you're trying to be fair by showcasing both sides. Okay, if if you said something, I don't want people to think that I'm on your side because I don't post what the other person said back to you, and it's like a back and forth. It's it's a never-ending fucking cycle. So you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Now, if you take a stance, and I, and I told people, I said, the only way 
which I might call like like instigating or whatever the case. The only way to fucking solve it is if I take a stance to say I don't cover beef and diss music. Except you know what? Niggas all they love is music talking about beef murder and dissing. You know what I mean? So again, listen, if y'all want me to cover a bunch of um uh, um um silly rappers just told my designer clothes and a bunch of nothing, I'll do that too. But the mere fact is y'all love m- music that is talking about a lot of spicy stuff. So when when you cover it, you could either cover it one-sidedly or now you're trying to be fair by trying to get both sides. I don't think it's instigated at all. Anyway, um, I, I, I'll definitely show what our Dirk put up because Dirk, you know, Dirk is not a man of too many words. And I'm pretty sure he's going to have a slick line or two responding in future music. But he did post up like this Instagram picture where he's like, Yo, don't claim it if you ain't do it. You still a bitch. Okay. Now, again, I don't want to like litigate all of this type of stuff. And this is why I tell fans, just just be fans. Like, we like the music. Just be fans. Whatever issue Dirk got with Youngboy, hopefully they figure it out. But just be fans. You know what I mean? Because also, like, just looking at this, you know, I see the Youngboy fans saying, yo, well, why don't you call, why don't you post this that showed that Dirk, Dirk was basically making a song mocking FBG Duck's death, but he ain't do it. Listen, we are fans. Just enjoy the music. Stop thinking that y'all signed up for war because y'all are fans of these respective people. Just enjoy the music, okay? Now, there was a bunch of people who also chimed in, and this is where I get with this whole side-picking thing, right? Because everybody chiming in, they probably are either trying to get in the good graces of of of, of Dirk or they're trying to, like, get in the good graces of Youngboy. A lot of these other, and I'm talking about just rappers, these rappers, again, are trying to get close to the people who are hot by trying to act like they're on their side, okay? Now, uh, I had said something, which I wasn't really told about to be, but I was just like, damn, he's dissing people like how they do in Chicago. That's what I was thinking. So I'm like, damn, young boy's on Demon Time right now, and he's dropping the whole tape Friday. Now, he didn't drop the tape, right? Um, but people were, were not that pleased, okay? First of all, Lil Reese was like, yo, man, that ain't no goddamn demon time. He's just rapping like the rest of these rappers, okay? And if you don't know Lil Reese is from Chicago, he's from Lamron. That's not Oblock, but, you know, the whole GBE, and for the most part, was like Oblock. So people from Oblock kind of feel a certain type of way about it, right? Again, I'm just telling fans, let the rappers and the niggas who are in the streets pick a side, okay? The rappers with fake relationships and the street niggas. We're fans. You can listen to both of them. If you look at the, the songs I play, I play, I play them back to back. Sorry. Anyway, we definitely got to talk about this, man. Um, I know nobody ain't gonna say it, so it's definitely gonna be me who got to say it. Now, well, first of all, let me just say the weekend Dawn FM is it's sold one hundred fifty four thousand first week. Somebody has finally got to just openly say it the weekend throwback album was mid compared to Tory's throwback album like let's be real when it came to executing a conceptual album that was supposed to be a throwback you know a ode to a different era I thought the weekend was gonna knock it out the park 
I'm looking at how they did the whole makeup thing with him. He had the gray hair, blah, blah. It made it look like, yo, that was his heyday. Like, he was old. He's old now, but that was when he was, you know what I mean? The guy. So I'm thinking the music going to be fire. Dawn FM is kind of like a little radio station theme, right? I'm thinking it's going to be fire. And the music just didn't hit like that. Didn't hit like that. Tori, on the other hand, this shit is fucking flames. Now, Tori ain't liked right now. Nobody like Tori. So nobody really going to admit it. But we got to give the nigga, like, we got to give him a break. Yo, like, listen, Tori dropped, like, a live performance of this shit. Yo, listen, I got to play this. I got to hear this shit. This is Tori performing his throwback. You know, it's a song from his throwback album. It's called The Color Violet. Listen to this. And this is where I think The weekend was missing. We're going to get back to talking about The weekend, but we have to talk about how Tori, you know, I think he owned the character. And by the way, I don't think Tori gets to this point. I don't think Tori gets to this point at all if he isn't blackballed. Being blackballed allowed Tori to get out of the psyche of thinking, Trap music, trap music, trap music, auto-tune, trap music, auto-tune, trap music, sounding like Travis Scott, trap music, whatever, whatever, and just trying to just make the charts, make the charts, make the charts. You want to have a, you want to have a song up there that's, you know, bumping in Atlanta clubs. Like, he realized you're probably not going to make the charts because you're blackballed. And you know what he did? He fell back and started taking artistic risks. Now, I credited The Weeknd for doing that because I think The Weeknd, even though he's a pop star, he's always strived to have an edge you know like conceptual albums like even what Tyler the creator does I think those albums are dope when executed right because these days big artists they don't want to take a risk they want to give you the same shit that worked the last time why change listen what if it ain't broke why fix it that's usually the motto Kanye West Tyler, the creator, they've been some of the artists who every album sounds very different. They're going in different directions. They're trying things. Now, I know some of y'all might be saying, this is interesting to hear coming from a nigga who likes Drake. You're right. I think some of the flack with Drake is that Drake doesn't do that. It doesn't look like he's taking too much artistic risks. It sounds like everything we've heard from Drake for the last 10 years, yeah, he might get a little bit more into the rapping bag at times or more into the swag rap or just like rapping over club beats at times or sometimes give us a little bit more R&B. But he's not taking the risks that we've seen the greats like Ye do. Like, think about Kanye who really dropped a trilogy classic when he came in the game. Came in the game with, what's the name of that song? Uh, or not not that song, but the album. College Dropout, Late Registration, Graduation. And after that, you said, eh, it's cool. I know y'all love soul samples and everything, but he saw music evolving himself. He saw music evolving, and he wanted to push the evolution. Also, it matched a time in his life. He was going through a breakup. 808s and heartbreaks. That's why, you know, I give him a lot of credit. I know I've always trashed Yeezus. Always trashed. That is a garbage album. Still think it is. 
You know, and, and, and you know, I, I've always I reviewed it as I think it was like four out of ten. There's like four good. There's four good tracks on it. There's there's like one that's tolerable or like two that's like eh, and 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 the rest is like garbage. You know what I mean? So like half the album is fucking like you can't even listen to it, right? I've always given them credit for being at least experimentative on the project. Now, I just couldn't give him an A because he tried to do something new. That's why I see a lot of people deal with Yeezus. Because he tried to be different, you give him an A for effort. No. I give you props as an artist for experimenting, but for the project and rating it, it's still trash. Okay? Now, I like when artists, you know, especially after a few albums, it, it shows you trying to grow. It shows you trying to grow. And I think what sales not mattering or him knowing he's not going to get too much sales, Tory freed himself of being in this rigid structure of, I have to create this music that sounds like this to be on the radio, to be in the clubs, to blah, 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 blah. Just that he could remain on the charts. He freed himself of that and he's taking chances. I think one could say maybe CLB didn't have enough chances. I thought Certified Lover Boy, especially when I started seeing the heart, like, I mean, I get it. He didn't go through a transformation like, like you know, Tory, maybe Tory's trying to hide the ball spot, but he at least put on a jerry curl. You know what I mean? Try to get the aesthetic also kind of right. You know, the weekend, he changed his whole, like, appearance. He looks old, right? Drake just fucking carved a heart in his, his head. But we, we know it's Drake. He ain't, he's not Tory or, or uh, The Weeknd. But we expected a little bit of, a little bit more. We thought he was going to delve into, like, this theme. And and I for me, I use that as a knock against CLB. And really, it's because of what I thought it was going to be. So it's not necessarily a full knock because... That was my expectation that wasn't um, met. Maybe that wasn't his um, original plan. But when we think about these thematic albums, The Weeknd, I'm not going to say it was a complete swing and miss, but it was a ground ball, if you're familiar with baseball. It's a ground ball. It's a ground ball to, 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 uh, um, to third base. That's it. And it's not that it's not that impressive, but it's not whack either. But it's nothing to talk about other than the fact that it's the weekend. What Tory did, and I'm gonna play this live live performance right here. I thought he brought some life, and he actually, when watch listen to his music, you kind of start to think, "Damn, how was life back in that time when this this sound of music was popular?" Listen to this. I left my own. Fire. I'll say this. I don't think no one does what Tori does. And I'm going to explain this whole thing with Tori. Better than Tori. 
I, I think Tory Tory out of everybody does the best job of this. You remember when Tory just came in the game? People used to just kind of call him a copycat, right? They used to call him Ditto. You know what I mean? Like they used to say he's really good at imitating someone else's sound and pretty much making the best storeboard version of it possible. Now, here's the thing that's arguable arguable um, about that. Sometimes he'll, I won't say mimic, but he'll draw inspiration and come close to either meeting it or do it in a weird way where, like, his spin of it is dope in its own way. For example, you know, you know, uh, like, I, I like how he recently he hopped on um, uh, Capella Gray's Gallus song, and on that song, he literally calls himself the remix killer, which I think he is kind of the remix killer. I think, you know, no disrespect to Capella Gray, I think Tori's version of that song, right, sounds better than the original. For a lot, for, while, while Tori and Drake had their issues, some people might tell you that Tori's version of Controller sounded better than Controller. So what Tori's really been good at is being able to pinpoint and being able to use inspiration and flip it in his own way and sometimes even meet the level of the true thing he is, I won't say copying, but using as inspiration, right? By the way, we saw it when he did um, the remix album, right? Like, didn't he remix a bunch of, like, like um, love songs or whatever? He did one for the Pretty Ricky song. Like, his remix of that Pretty Ricky song actually gave that Pretty Ricky song, like, a whole new meaning and life when Tori does it. Right? And I think what Tori's doing with this album, I think he probably went back, listened to a bunch of people who have been great during that time in music, and probably said, yo, I'm going to craft out a space where I could live in. And he fucking did it, clearly, sonically. And he's delivering it, right, by all these performances. This doesn't look like, it doesn't look too expensive. That's like a backdrop. That might be a green screen or something like that. Get a couple of couches, have the, the live instrumentation there, you know what I mean? Him throwing a jerry curl. But it gives, like, kind of the aesthetic, right? He's not doing it, like, on some $100 million budget. From what I hear, he's producing all these or, like, he's directing all these videos at his goddamn self, you know? Probably get some, a stylist to get some wardrobe from the whatever era it was. And he's rocking out. Now, The weekend, who has, like, the unlimited amount of budget, he didn't nail the main thing, which is sonically making this sound infectious now like did he make it sound like it was from a different era yes was it infectious like damn i could listen to this shit continuously over and over again i don't know if he really nailed that so you know kudos to tory i don't want to say it but i'm just I, I, I'll, I'll just repeat it tory's album which is a throwback album was way better than the weekend's last album which was a throwback album, but nobody's going to talk about it because Tory's blackball. And these days, people who write about music or talk about music, they're not into really giving credit to the people who did it and did it well. They're used to playing within and coloring within the lines. So the obvious comparison to me is comparing it to Tory, but a lot of people won't do it because it would mean you'd have to give Tory some props. Fucked up, right? Anyway, um, by the way, the sales... I think the sales is a reflection of, of it not having the impact that the weekend normally has because the songs aren't resonating as much. If you think about it, like his sales, his predicted sales went down. It was supposed to do 170, ended up doing 154. So the sales went down while you look at other artists, like, for example, Wanna, his sales went up over the week. 
So, you know, I always say that that could be attributed to uh, word of mouth. And clearly, I don't, I don't see people talking about this Weekend album as they should. Now, this was a hilarious story. Man, it says Jay-Z and Team Rock, which, you know, Jay-Z's been doing some philanthropic things, so salute to him. And for all my little Jay-Z, the, the, the people who say I'm a Jay-Z hater, look, I'm giving Jay-Z some props. Um, yeah, so Jay-Z and he has a team. I don't know if this is the dream team that uh, um, that also works with, like, Meek Mill and... and um. Uh, the owner of the Sixers or whatever, but he has his own team that's trying to like do some philanthropic things and, and salute him for that. Um, there was a, or there is a guy, right, that is locked in 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 jail. And I'll read I'll read the article here. It says, hold on, okay, yeah. So Jay Z's Team Rock is taken up for a guy named Valen Vales who served a 20-year prison sentence for intent to distribute more than a ton of marijuana. He was convicted in 2007, reached out to by Jay-Z, asking him for help to get a reduced sentence. But in new court docs, Team Rock says the feds won't budge over some ticky-tack prison offenses, okay? So, essentially, they're saying that they won't um, give this guy a reduced sentence because while in prison... He basically, uh, and this one says, Alex Spiro says, Velez more than meets the terms for compassionate release. But in documents, he says, federal prosecutors won't allow it because Velez dared to, wait for it, sneak some leftover chicken from the prison mess hall to his cell. So he got caught with like some leftover chicken that he brought to his cell. And um, that's an offense in jail. So like they write you up, whatever the case is, they put, put it on your prison docket. Now when they're thinking about possibly releasing him, they're using the fact that he did that to say, well, he hasn't been a model prisoner. I think that's fucked up. Now, the headline reads like that's the only reason why Jay-Z's trying to like defend this guy. That's just one of the byproducts. You know, Jay-Z's trying to get this guy out of jail. Now, I really said that to say there's somebody else in jail that people are wondering like, well, if you're helping all these other people out, why are you not helping this guy out? Right? And um, it's clearly Casanova two times. Now, if you guys don't know, Casanova two times is in jail for uh, attempted murder um, and a gang of conspiracy charges. Okay? They, they're accusing him of being in, in a gang from New York, something, the Gorilla Apes or something like that. You know what I mean? That sounds like an NFT, but apparently it's a gang, right? He got charged. He's been sitting in jail ever since. So people started seeing that first story, right, with the guy with the leftover chicken. They're like, damn, if Jay is trying to get this guy out, why Jay ain't doing nothing to get Casanova out? You know what I mean? I thought it were cool. Like, Jay-Z ran Rock Nation or runs Rock Nation, right? Or he owns it. And Casanova was signed to Rock Nation in a full record deal. Now, Casanova put out, put out this message, and he said, stop asking me what jay Z's doing for me. He did enough already. He gave me a shot. Okay? Now, let's be clear. Uh, even though Cass is saying, stop asking me what Jay-Z is doing for me, I, I love Cass. But I think this is a cry for help, man. I, th I, th I think Cass is like, yo, damn, start asking what Jay-Z is doing for me. And honestly, you know, I think I think Casanova understands that he's in the position he's at because of him. But he definitely thinks he's getting a, a, a bad end of the deal or he don't think it's a, it's a fair bargain, right? And would he like for Jay to help him? Of course. 
Now, the thing is why I think he's not going to say, yo, Jay, damn, help me. Yo, when meeting with Cass, Cass was well aware, very well aware that Rock Nation pretty much had him on like a last strike type of situation where it's like, bro, you get into shit, we ain't got nothing to do with you. Now the feds are knocking, they don't want to have nothing to do with what he got going on. You get me? Now, if you ever wondered the answer to the question, and this is what it made me think about, right? Because there's so many people like, yo, damn. Yeah, Jay should help this guy. If the question ever came up in your mind, remember this whole thing that was popping on Twitter? It said, would you rather dinner with Jay-Z or half a million dollars? You see this picture right here? It's from the Rock Nation brunch. See this nigga right here in the corner? Casting over two times. See this nigga right here? Jay-Z. Did he? Mike, um, um, Kevin Hart, and I think these are some executive dudes. I, don't, I forgot their name. We got Khaled here. These are a bunch of really important. I think I know one of these guys in the back. Really, a lot of people you see Meek Mill like back here. All the important people in the world are at this thing, right? So you know what dinner with Jay Z or a brunch with Jay Z gets you? I'm not saying jail. But absolutely nothing, nigga. <laughs> That's the point. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay? Not only doesn't get you nothing, shit. If you need help after the dinner, you ain't getting it, nigga. That's it. That's the point. You get what I mean? If I, listen, I don't know why Twitter thinks that Jay-Z was going to give some, like, you know, he's giving out this fucking uh, um, library of knowledge. You know what I mean? Ask everybody who went to the brunch. Did they learn shit? Or was it worth a, a 500K? No. Jay-Z's a regular human being, man. And again, if if, if you ask anybody, um, going to this brunch, I don't even think they still do it. Do it? Do they still do this shit? It probably got canceled for, for COVID this year. Is this Usher? With the braids? This ain't Usher. Regardless, man. This this couldn't be bigger proof that if you were ever stuck in between deciding between Jay-Z, dinner with Jay-Z, or 500000 look at Casanova, who had drinks with Jay-Z, brunch with Jay-Z, and all I'm saying is that I don't think Jay-Z would do that nigga a favor right now, okay? So put that into perspective. Anyway, Cass, hold your head, man. Um, Hopefully things start looking up for you. Uh, you know, again, I always tell my experiences with him. He was definitely a beacon of positivity, a good guy when I met him. And once you get to, you know, understand him, you know, I, I, the, the thing with Cass is like he looks so fucking big and like like he looks like he's up to no good, like which probably didn't help him like in the streets because he looks like he's up to no good. Like if somebody told you that Cass did something to you, if the police came the police would just lock him up. Like, fuck the investigation. He did it. You know what I mean? He, he's one, he looks like that, like, in terms of physical appearance. You start talking to him, this guy got jokes. He's, like, a he's really good, <clears throat> really good guy. And for that, I'm really hoping that, you know, things turn out good for him. Um, I'm going to start a new segment, man. I got a new segment I want to introduce. 
and it's 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 gonna be called burnt out. Yeah, burnt out. It's gonna be where we talk about like just people who this is this is burnt out. And what that term means is just like niggas who are either doing too much, niggas who are wilding, people who just need to chill, need to take a couple step back and reevaluate what they're doing because they're looking crazy. Unfortunately, the first person I got to give this burnt out award to at least for this week, it's Kanye West, man. Kanye, what are you doing, brother? What are you doing, Kanye? Kanye West hops on a song with the game. By the way, the game has publicly stated that he previously had sex with Kanye's ex-wife or current wife, Kim Kardashian. So Kanye gets on a track with a nigga who claimed he had had sex with with Kim. By the way, he claimed this while they were in a relationship. I don't know if it really happened or if it happened before the relationship, but he made the claim while they were in a relationship, while she was with Kanye. The game gets on a record, or no, Kanye gets on a record with the game to then send a threat about the new nigga who's with, and we could probably assume maybe even sexually with, Kim K, Pete Davidson. Now, this was dropped exclusively on Spotify yesterday. Salute to Spotify for getting exclusive on that. But l- l- let's listen to um, a few of these lines, right? And then we'll talk about it. Family is better. The cameras watch the kids. I stopped taking the credit. Not custodial dad. I bought the house next door. What you think the point of really being rich for? When you give them everything, they only want more. Bougie and a ruler, y'all need to do some chores. Rich ass kids, this ain't your mama house. Climb on your brother's shoulders, get that top ramen out. God sent me from that crash. Just so I could beat Pete Davidson's ass. Who? And my new bitch bad. I know Illuminati mad. This that Numinati bitch. This that two Bugatti rich. This that guy okay. did this. Well, the relevant line here. The relevant line was this. Crash. Just so I could beat Pete Davidson's ass. He says, God save me from that crash. So I could beat Pete Davidson's ass. Yo, Ye is burnt the fuck out. To chalk up such divine intervention of him being saved from a car crash. If you don't know, it's the one where like he he, he had to get his mouth or his jaw wired or whatever. To chalk up a divine intervention and... Uh, because that's the only thing a lot of people said that saved him, because they said he could have died or should have. To chalk that up to say your purpose was to end up beating Pete Davidson's ass. It's just disrespectful if you ask me. But this is coming from the guy who does Sunday service and who seemingly would be more in touch with not only the gospel, but more in touch 
with God than I. So maybe maybe this isn't blasphemous. However, Kanye is so bothered, and it looks like he's spiraling out of control, the mere fact that Kim K has a new boyfriend. And I'm not saying he don't have the right to feel that, that way. He got kids with Kim. A lot of people could say he's fighting for his family. But the, some of the but some of the things he's doing are borderline pathetic. This song, pathetic. His new relationship with Julia Fox, pathetic. Now, it's not pathetic that he's, you know, because we know what he's doing. He's trying to get her jealous by showcasing that he's with another woman. It's pathetic really because everything that he sees that happens naturally, or, or maybe it's not natural. Maybe they're both faking it. Everything he sees that Pete Davidson and Kim K does, he has a whole staged crew photo him doing with Julia. Uh, uh, what's her name? Is it Julia Fox? Julia Roberts? Julia. I'll just say Julia. I forgot the name already. Damn. For example, if you're taking photo shoots in the closet just to prove that she's at your crib, you're taking photo shoots outside the restaurant just sitting there to, to, to get the paparazzi to do it. Come on. Now, I get it. Ye has all the resources in the world. And, again, I remember, and go back to his Drink Champs interview where he was just talking about how people call him crazy at the end third. And he kind of had a line where he just thumbed his nose in everybody's face to say, well, now I'm a billionaire. So if you thought I was crazy then, imagine what the fuck I'm about to do now. And that's the part where I get a little bit worried for Kanye. You know, I've been I've been one of his biggest supporters, even when people think, yo, he's going on these crazy rants. I always think they have some truth in it. They might it, it, it might not be it might lack couth or some type of, you know, like the timeliness or some of the things might be just very shouldn't be mentioned publicly. But I never think he's lying. I always think he's telling the truth. Now, this is why I worry for him. Because the way he's been acting with, quote, unquote, this billionaire status is super irresponsible. And someone who acts like, who, who, who isn't afraid to make these permanent choices. Like, for example, I hear if, if he runs into you at the airport, you have a good two-minute conversation with him. I hear he might give you a job for 300000 He'll just put you on salary. Like, literally, just like that. And by the way, he's taking commercial flights and all that shit. Like, he's all over the place. He'll run into somebody. He'll be like, yo, yay, blah, blah. You tell him a little story of what's going on. Or maybe something, like, you, t- you show him an idea that he's like, oh, you know, I like that. In two minutes. You give him a two-minute pitch. I hear he'll be like, all right, cool. He'll make a call right there. Tell his business manager or whatever, be like, yo, why this money to blah, blah, or hey, put this guy on payroll. And that's it. Might not even talk to the nigga again, but now the nigga's on payroll. That doesn't sound like very efficient business to me. Now, again, I'm humbly criticizing him because he's a billionaire. 
There's a time he was also in debt, and because of his genius ideas and, sh- and sneakers, he now came out of debt, and he's worth billions. But I'm worried about a guy who's this impulsive, off the whim, and at a moment's notice, he's saying anything. He's, oh, she's hanging out at the house with the guy? I'm going to buy the, the house across the street. Again, I, he raps about it. He, he talked about it in the recent interview. Get it? I can't really criticize him. But I think this is exactly why he was in debt. Now that he has a lot more funds, I worry if he's, again, it's not about like just his financial situation. What He's using, I think, the fact that he's a billionaire to basically do anything. And a lot of those things have ramifications down the line. Again, I'm watching him. He's hopping in the studio with everybody. He's doing all that type of shit. Again, I, I'm, I'm just hoping that this isn't a manic phase he's in again. Because we saw when the last time that kind of happened, he was crying, talking about the abortion thing at a press conference. And apparently he spent like 8 to $10 million on um, his run to try to be president, which just never even got off the ground. I think he's burnt out because his behavior is encouraging more and more yes men. He's, somebody told me a ridiculous story of him just grabbing somebody with them and bringing that person on a trip overseas. He was like, yo, come on. He was like, yo, yo, you could come with us. We're going to, like, uh, it wasn't Dubai, somewhere overseas. And that could be problematic because from what I hear, Kanye, at the position he's in in life, does not take people challenging him. He will remove you from his circle if you challenge him. Why? He's a billionaire. I think Kanye's a little burnt out. I hope. Number one, I hope he gets his wife back. But I hope that's the remedy for some of these erratic moves we're seeing. Right? We'll see. Anyway, uh, there was this funny story going around talking about, and, uh, like, this is definitely fake. But, you know, when people believe the story, it sounds so good. People are hoping it's true. It's this whole story talking about, um, oh, by the way, before I even get off that Kanye stuff, this is what money makes, makes happen. Or, like, being on the stature of a yay. Look at this fucking uh, kickback right here. Look. Kanye and this girl. Who's that? Who's that? Madonna? Floyd Amy. The most awkward kickback in history. You can't tell, like, AB dressed like he's going to the club. Floyd dressed like he's going to the gym. I think it's Madonna. She's dressed. She's dressed like literally. She's about to go pick pumpkins. And Kanye is just awkwardly laying on his side, looking like he's trying to get a finger up in there. And his chick looked like she's about to try out for Wonder Woman. It's the kickback, people. 
I couldn't even like I couldn't even put this combination of people together on paper, but Ye could. So this is one of the things I think Ye's going around doing, like you know, and, and if his greatness in terms of like how iconic Kanye is was ever questioned, we're seeing every other celebrity become fans when they get around Kanye. The biggest celebrities, they all just listen to him. Like, Antonio Brown right now has, like, you know, some people accuse him of having one of the biggest egos. He gets around, yay? Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yay, whatever you want. Yeah, I, I rock with you. Fuck what I got going on. I'm, I'm coming with you. Yay is showing us that he's at a different level um, that is way outside the scopes of even music. You know what I mean? Like, when you got Madonna, that's Madonna, right? Like, I really don't know, like, know these, some of these people's faces. Damn. When you got Floyd just chilling there like, like a kid in timeout, you got it, man. You got it. Anyway, uh, I do want to talk about this story real quick, man. Listen, you know, you know, in the land of believability where, you know, online, listen, fuck the truth. It, it, they're the same in Jamaica. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Never. You know what I mean? Which basically means embellish and whatever, whatever. Just make it sound good, right? Here's the funny part. This blog, which is pretty much not that known. Let me see. They have 71,000 followers. I'm pretty sure they gained like 30,000 off of this post alone. Because everybody's sourcing them. They're saying that Drake had sex with some Instagram model. Now, first and foremost... This story I knew was off the moment when they said, they said, so the whole story says Drake put hot sauce in the condom after he fucked the chick, threw it in the, in, in the trash. The chick was trying to be sneaky and trying to like, you know, finesse a baby out of Drake, goes to the, the bathroom, grabs the used condom and tries to pour the, the, whatever was in a condom into her. And apparently she was burned or felt the burning sensation because there was hot sauce in there. So she poured hot sauce into her coochie. Now, man, I knew the story was cap already because from most of the reports we've heard and from all these chicks who always, who really have had interaction with Drake, they all say the nigga don't wear condoms. Like, come on now. Like, you don't go from, from, from raw dog into now wearing a condom and putting hot sauce in a condom. So that's number one, right? Number two, like, it doesn't even sound, like, it's, it sounds great. It sounds great. But if you have hot sauce, you're going to be able to smell it and see it. It's no way a girl just grabs hot sauce, uh, grabs a condom and doesn't see, first of all, most hot sauce I know is red. If you're pouring some red, reddish fucking liquid into your vagina and you think that's semen, you're a fucking idiot anyway. You're a fucking idiot. So, I don't know. I, I couldn't feel bad for that person. But anyway, um, th th this story is only believable because they they they're going too much in depth. It's like too much in depth. You know what I mean? 
And there used to be like these things back in the day when it came to blogs where like women would sleep with rappers and like write up a whole fucking book about it. Like they would be describing the length of your dick, your stroke game. They'd be giving play by play. Oh yeah, and then he just started kissing me on the neck. Then he took my hand and put it on his dick. And then he blah blah. Like, you know what I mean? Because other women like to know how it goes down type shit. But this is just a clearly, this story could have been written by like The Onion. It's fake. Completely fake. But I'm interested to see the amount of people or dudes who are going to think that, number one, they're that important that girls are going to do that. Number two, try to do the same shit themselves. Not everybody's trying to turkey baste you, okay? Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. That was pretty much it. Uh, listen, my record of the week is that is that Kanye track, though. My record of the week is Kanye West, the game, easy. Even though, even though Kanye's burnt out, man, Kanye is showing us that his life is still very much infused in the music. So while the rhymes aren't the best, I like and, and I enjoy listening to Kanye pretty much wrap his mind state so you know i'm gonna pray for kanye burnt out but i'm still giving record of the week um i'm gonna start building out some um um, cards and all that type of stuff for some of our segments that'll be coming but next week i have a really big episode i think it's gonna be big i'm pairing together two guests remember what i did uh in miami with six nine and whack now clearly it's not like a six nine um, and not like a whack, but I do think it will be two individuals that will be able to um, give us entertaining content. I'm going to be the moderator, okay? Because that's what that's what I pretty much was in the whack interview, right? Or the whack and six nine interview, right? Anyway, I will see you guys uh, next week, or maybe I'll give you you guys a bonus episode um, for the weekend, all right? Uh, this has been another episode of Off the Record Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Also, make sure you follow us on social. And make sure, you know, you give us some feedback on these episodes. How can we make the solo episodes more engaging? Also, I would love, and, and I've been trying to tell Spotify, I'm like, yo, we need a motherfucking, we need like a live chat or something like that. You know, obviously there's a green room option for that. But um, there was a, if there's a way we could make this more interactive, especially these type of uh, solo podcasts, hopefully we could do it. Or maybe I could record on green room. Maybe the audio is live, but then the video comes live. Mm, I don't know. Anyway, um, thank you guys for watching. This has been another episode of Off the Record Podcast. I will see you next time.